Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Political Panda Program. So glad you all could join me on this magical, magical Thursday. Uh, it's going to be probably a bit of a shorter episode today. Not much is happening in the world of uh, news, of course. And so, as always, well, we will be gladly filling in all that needs to be said about everything going on currently. So, we'll have fantastic, fantastic time together, hopefully. I'm just kidding, it's going to be hell. It, it is going to be hell on Earth. If you're new here to the show and you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really does help out a ton, and I always do appreciate it. It does help out a lot. Comment down below your thoughts and opinions about the show, either on YouTube or over on Twitter slash TrueSocial. Love to read out your guys' replies here on the show, and even respond to them myself, as it is always great to see. Of course, if this show is not on YouTube, I always encourage you to please go listen to the audio, or this show is always audio, but I encourage you to go over onto audio and listen to the show. Who knows uh, when uh, YouTube might uh, might try to do uh, something again. So... Who knows? Uh, obviously, they took down one of the episodes of the show, so uh, here's something that they don't take down any more of my shows, but yes. So, because then I'll get a strike, and we obviously don't want that. So, seriously, go please support the show. really helps out a ton, and as always... Getting right into stuff, uh, we have sort of our opening clip for today. It's... Um, of course, uh, Biden making some great stuff about, uh, about speech, or I guess not about speech, but about unions, uh, even with the, the, uh, with something that we'll talk about very soon here, that, uh, really shows you that, man, unions became so powerful that they literally almost just completely, like, crippled the entire U.S. economy within one day. Good thing that old, incompetent Biden administration really put the... Pain in that bite after 20 hours of negotiations finally got something done. But of course, here is Biden on why he's so pro-union. Why am I so pro-union? They don't give you the credit. The American people don't understand. For you to get to be, go through the apprentice program and other trades, you got four or five years like going to college. You're getting paid a little bit, not a lot, but you're working like hell before you get certified. And it's cheaper long term to hire you because you do it the best, it lasts the longest, and in fact, you do it with everybody. No, I really mean it. Oh, he's just so, so good at this. So, so, so good at this. I mean, literally, top comment here. As a former member of a union, I understand completely that unions are money, there are money laundering scams and don't actually help the workers that need it, that when they need it. Whoosh. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. Well, speaking of unions, the uh, trade unions, uh, they almost were going to go into a full-on strike tomorrow, which could have been ridiculously crippling. I know it sounds really weird, but uh, 
but yeah, it, it could have actually just completely crippled. It did, of course, have a deal be made to prevent that. It already was causing problems. Uh, what is it? Freaking Amtrak canceled all long distance things. A whole bunch of different like train companies canceled all of their different like uh, like getting crops and everything. This was causing a whole going to cause a whole bunch of issues with farmers who were already struggling. And so now, well, they finally reached a deal in which they will get a full-on 24% uh, pay raise over the next five, which is a 5,000 annual bonus provided, exemption from the usual attendance policies, you know, all sorts of good stuff. Really, really glad that a bunch of, you know, train workers and everything could completely hold the uh, American people hostage again. Believe me, I like fair wages and all, and everything. But, a company is here to make a profit. And, there should be a balance. In a company, you try to find a balance between making a profit, and being able to be a good overall employer of your employees. And obviously, this tends to be, you know, a bit skewed when you get up into higher corporations, like something like Amazon, Walmart... You know, big chains like that where you can go online and you will find tons of stuff from employees. And yet, if conditions there are so bad and everything, why are people still working for them? If, you know, if so many of these people are like, oh my god, I'm pissing in bottles. Or, you know, I, I have my team lead at Walmart. I spent 10 minutes in the toilet and they then counted that as my break, which is not something they can do, by the way. If... Uh, if you need some information there, uh, and so, you know, it, it's like, well, why do these things, you know, well, why do people keep working there if things are like that? So, you, you've just kind of got wonder and ask, you know, what's, what's the reasoning? And I mean, obviously, there isn't a union for Walmart and stuff, I mean, they're very obviously anti-union, and I, believe me, I, I just... I'm not really a fan of unions because it's just, I never see too much good come out of them. You always hear like the baseline, oh, they're here to, you know, help out the workers. They're here to, you know, improve wages and all this other stuff. But whenever I see it, it always just seems to be the opposite. It always seems that everything just goes horrible and like they just end up being like, you know, lazier overall. Like, I don't know. I just have never seen unions in like such a great light enough where I'm like, yeah, you you go guys. You really you really put a show out there on them. And I mean, maybe it's just me and maybe not doing, you know, enough into looking at unions ever. I don't know. I've just I've never, you know, seen a seen unions ago. Yeah, that's that's what we all need everywhere, you know. It's just what all of us want. More unions because everybody loves good union i know i know you do everyone does they're just so so grand right so but maybe that's maybe that's just me maybe that is just me well it seems they uh, a new sort of uh new sort of like polling that came out from people out in san francisco uh, is reported 
Between approximately two-thirds of respondents say the city has gone downhill since when they first moved there, with 70% saying it's unlikely that the conditions would improve over the next three years. According to uh, the poll, nearly 40% of San Franciscans say they will move out of the city uh, within that time. The most likely, uh, those most likely to leave the city are between the ages of 18 to 34, with 54% saying they are preparing to leave the city in between... April 2020 to 2021, 20% said that, but now it is even jumped more and more. These people want to leave. Um, homelessness was ranked the top problem with public safety placing second, housing authority taking third. The poll stated less than 25% of respondents believe the city will make changes to produce, improve the conditions within the next two years. <laughs> this This one is fantastic. Roughly 60% of respondents said that racism is the reason, or at least a factor, in why problems cannot be solved in the city. I'm getting kind of fed up with the city, San Francisco resident uh, uh, said to the San Francisco Chronicle. I just remember the hippie generation, and it was all about take care of your friends, brotherly love, and that is totally gone. So, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like San Francisco is just going to become abandoned at this point. No one really wants to live there. No no one really, you know, is seeing any benefit from being there anymore. And so they're, they're wanting to leave. They're wanting to get out and not live in this crash. Honestly, I don't blame them. I, I, I really don't. You know, I, I've never been to San Francisco. I've never been to California in general. I've only ever heard about California, and obviously reported on it from the show, and from what my parents told me before, you know, all this crazy stuff when they went, you know, years and years ago, you know, it was beautiful, it's a really beautiful place, but it's just, it's not really a place you want to visit now, and I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I really wasn't planning on it with the way things look out there anyway, I wasn't really planning on visiting anytime soon, by the fact that so, so much of what I see from California is just absolute, just a crapshoot and just a horror show of just ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of just crime, just homelessness. I don't want to be walking down the street and just see homelessness just everywhere. I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, like a classist or anything. I just, I want to live in like my, because here's my thing. I really would love to live in like a city or something like that. Like the whole, you know, I want to be able to walk more places, you know, I'm uh, because I'm, I hate driving. I, I despise driving. For some of you who are new to the show and don't know, I didn't learn how to drive until literally about a few months ago, you know, actually, you know, getting my driver's license and actually, you know, driving. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost turning 19 this year. So I basically graduated high school by the time I learned how to fully drive because I just... Didn't really driving. I've never been that big of a fan of driving. So it's sort of one of those things that I, I just didn't like. I'd rather walk more places. Like when I've been out in like, Wash I wish Washington DC was such a liberal hellhole. And everything because I enjoy taking the metro system out in like DC. Like if all the, the pushing people off the platform and all that nonsense wasn't going on, I would love to live out in DC. The history out there, you know, 
the fact that like the Smithsonian, you know, changes up what's in their exhibits, you know, every once in a while with the amount of archives they have, you know, all the history, being able to, you know, bring people and let them show all the different history they have. You know, I would love to live in a city, you know, where I can walk more places instead of where I currently live. But uh, obviously those cities right now just plain old suck here in America. So. Well, one thing I love reading on uh, on uh, this show is um, is stories about people who have who have left the who have given up on on you know being a, a Democrat or being uh, you know being uh, sort of supporters of Biden in uh, the the twenty twenty election. Uh, the election that, of course, Joe Biden won. Everyone knows this. Come on, guys. I don't violate misinformation policies. Um, so this is uh, called, uh, this is an opinion piece from Sasha Stone, who is, this is the moment I give up on Joe Biden. Joe Biden emerged from his speech this month on the continued battle for the soul of our nation. Like a swaddling infant birth from the loins of blue check Twitter bathed in the blood red light of militant fashion. He was fine he was finally their guy, gone with empathy guy, gone with unity guy, gone with the moderate guy. Be mean, Joe. Get them, Joe. Get tough, Joe. Tell them their participation in democracy is a threat to democracy. Yes, tell them, Joe, that tell the MAGA Republicans they're not welcome in their own country. Tell them their participation into a government of, of the people, by the people, for the people. Tell them that the democracy means they have to sit, that they have to sit down and shut up. So, yeah, I mean, so, uh, of course, they uh, tell the truck driver who wants to travel coast to coast, work in the graveyard shift bring freshly cut meat to supermarket shelves to the police officer, the waitress, the bartender, the cable guy, grocery store clerk, grandmother, garage mechanic, the veteran who served in Afghanistan and now has been kicked out of the military for not taking the vaccine, the mother of two now must homeschool their children as they are the violent extremists posing the biggest threat to the country they call home. Tell them, Joe, that you decide to throw them away like human garbage and that you're hoping for another Jan 6 so you can arrest anyone who ever voted or supported Donald Trump. Tell them that you, you and you are alone are America. And any threat to your power is a threat to the state because that's not fascism at all. Why did Joe Biden give that speech? Who thought that was a good idea? Obviously, Joe Biden and his administration know that the MAGA Republicans are not a dangerous threat to the country. Otherwise, the Democrats would have not meddled in primary elections words of 46 million pushing those very same candidates towards a win blocking the more moderate GP picks surely they know what they're doing right I mean they're asking Americans to vote to stay in power and Biden wouldn't lie to the people about something as serious as a threat to public right wrong he did the speech writer lied they would do anything say anything put any community or even the country just to stay in power hold on to the past uh, uh, the America under Barack Obama. In 2020, we saw the sacrifice, the truth of the misman uh, micromanaged media, 
The narrative delivered the headlines that gaslighted hundreds of millions of cover-ups about the truce and just how violent the protests had been over the under They undermined that the current president at the time uh, on everything from COVID to the economy. They did this with impunity. They did this to stay in power. I mean, truly, you know, my goodness. Kind of, kind of be, you know, a bit, uh, a bit further down. In 2018, I was among the first Democratic activists online advocating for Joe Biden to be the nominee. While most others were aiming for a big structural change, but I knew only Biden had a chance of beating a one-term president with a strong economy. I figured voters might vote for Biden as an easy lateral move. Biden was a safe choice, establishment guy who wouldn't rock the boat too much. I wrote this piece in Medium on May 11th, uh, 2019, which literally is titled, Joe Biden is the best bet against Trump, what stands in his way. Uh, being a little too old, that's what. Uh, I attended an early Biden fundraiser. I made a video praising Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. I made a video to show how much I believed in Joe. After all, he had crossed the street to meet my daughter's fifth grade class in 2009. Most of my friend's family remained gobsmacked. The entire perspective could change almost overnight. You, uh, my mom said that she was a completely different person. I don't think I did that. I think I just saw for the first time what my side looked like from the other side. Now I can see just how much power and influence the left has. We used to be the counterculture, the anti-establishment. But now we have become the system we used to fight against. Man, it's really, really weird that when that happens, isn't it? You can't fight a I think this is... This that really shows you right there when this person's realizing, you know, well, we the left, we used to be the, we used to be the counterculture, you know, we used to be the culture that would fight against, you know, the big culture, but now, now we are, you know, we are that culture, and now the other side is the counterculture, bringing us back into sort of, you know, sanity, as I would put it. You know, the current people who are in charge are the ones pushing us off the deep end. And now, you know, we have people that think they're fighting against the culture, but that culture, that establishment, is fighting against an establishment that's a ghost. It's like, has a sheet over it that's not there. You know, it's floating in midair, but there's attacks flowing at it, but there's just nothing but misses. You can't attack an establishment that's not an established thing. The entirety of the university system, for the most part, is all liberal. The entirety of the media is all liberal. The entirety of your government apparatus is all liberal. The entirety of DAs around the around the US are all liberal in some way, shape, or form. There is all of this, and people go around still thinking that we live in like the 1960s, that sort of establishment, when that's just not the case. The establishment has been liberal for a long time, and that counterculture has clearly changed to be the other way around. It's no longer just the entirety of conservatives being, you know, very stingy, stuck up. It's now sort of being the progressive dragging into a full-fledged sort of dis depravity and insanity and depression that is killing more than it will ever save. But speaking of that sort of culture, you know, I was told that being told that 
calling for violence is a very terroristic threat to make. Apparently not when Democrats do it. Apparently it's just uh, just okay. As uh, the uh, Democratic Sen uh, Senator uh, Mazzy Hirano uh, issues a pretty interesting thing about uh, for uh, for people who you know want to save people uh, babies' lives in uh, the country. When I hear my colleagues talking about how you know it should be states' rights or uh, government should not be telling us what to do, the word hypocrites. It doesn't even go far enough to call them out on what they're doing. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies, that is how we see it. And why? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. Yield the floor. A call to arms. I'm pretty sure that's a threat of violence, if I'm not mistaken. If I were to tell you all right now, if anybody with the show or any audience, if they were to go around and tell people they want a call to arms, that sounds very much like you're calling for violence, ma'am. Are you sure you would like to do such a thing? That's that's not really the only one. Um, I mean, we have Tim Ryan falsely claims he ordered to kill and confront MAGA movement about January 6th. We're, we're in just an absolute just ridiculousness of just crazy town. Of just, yes, let's call people to violence over simple things. Keep in mind... That the reason why they're going to violence is because of a new bill put forward to literally just limit for 15 weeks and all sorts of stuff. Which, by the way, is uh, where most people in a poll would say they would like abortion to be banned beyond that point. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, but a very small percentage would like to go further than that. I know that's surprising, but um, yeah. Yeah. It, it it just it just keeps on compiling into this overall civil war movement of a brand new one. You know, it's been it's been too long clearly and just we all clearly just want to kill each other at this point. We're so divided over such small issues. Like keep in mind something like abortion and the ideas behind what is an extremist and what's not, these are such minor issues. Keep in mind that the first civil war was not fought over such minor issues as these. They were fought over the right of fucking slavery, the right to own people. The current people who are calling to arms are the same people who did so literally less than 200 years ago. The same people who went around claiming ownership over people is now the same side calling you, me, and so many others, over 50 plus million people across this country, extremists, and saying to people who, you know, would maybe, you know, not want, you know, abortion on demand all the way until the kid is in high school, that you're an extremist and that we need to call to arms over those people. What? We have a, a movement like that. Is that not just, is that, 
Does that not just sound crazy to you? Yeah, this is this is where we're at. A call to violence over over what? Over small issues like that? It's not like this is an economic issue or you know or you know the rights of other human beings. No, this is over to to kill a baby or not. Let's be very clear on what that issue is. It's to kill a baby or not to. It's not fucking healthcare. Don't lie to yourself. Is healthcare killing another human being? Like this this could be the most pro-life I'll probably ever be. Does killing another human life inside of a a, a human person does that sound like healthcare to anybody? In your mind, when do, do, does that compute to anybody? It's just a clump of cells? Well, then when does it become a fetus? When it finally comes out, then why aren't we killing babies until level 9 months? Because that's what we want. It's, it's maddening, it's crazy to me, that we live in a time where such an issue as abortion is going to be the main reason that people are going to go out there and cause a civil fucking war and start shooting each other because, God forbid, a person can't get an abortion after 15 weeks. You had 15 bloody weeks to goddamn decide, and you can't figure it out until then? I'm sorry, but you couldn't decide between your partner whether or not to do that? And we already know that over, you know, I think, what, well over, like, like 70 plus percentage of, abor of abortion are all based off of just perceived, not even like for the edge cases of rape or incest, you know, stuff like that. It's just convenience. It's, I didn't want a kid. I'm not ready for it now. It's not rape. It's not edge cases like that. Those make a very tiny fraction, less than a few, lot less than what you would think. That's, that's maddening to me. That is crazy. That is crazy. Well, New York is really finding out how much fun it is to be a uh, sanctuary city for all the illegals. As uh, Eric Adams, the current shitty mayor of New York City, is uh, saying it's nearly at its breaking point. Really? You're at a breaking point with only, what, like 10,000-ish? 10, 10, you know, the city is being just absolutely harassed by just the 10,000 compared to the well over a few hundred thousand that are down in Texas. Man, he just looks so stressed with just the absolute, absolute, just ridiculous amount of just illegal coming into the country. Man, it must be such a pain, Adams. I'm really glad you can really finally feel the hurt of just the heat coming for your ass. Thinking, oh, we need to be an open border and we need to have immigration and let these people in. They're trying to escape their bad times. Mmm, yeah, they're really... Really something, aren't they, Adams? Mm, isn't so great, Adams, huh? Yeah, it ain't so great anymore, is it? Ain't so great anymore. Of course, continuing with some of our other little little tidbits of quick stories here. Uh, so, currently, Republicans are pushing for a bill called the Lead by Example Act, which would require the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection Agencies to set their building thermostats to at least 78 degrees when the AC is running. That's right. They got to, you know, you got to make sure that everybody's living at the standards. You know, we don't want anybody ruling over each other. Come on. It's all about equity, you know, equality and inclusion, you know. 
got to make sure that everybody is included in the suffering. Because who doesn't love to suffer? Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't love just sweating their profusely at work? Because I know that's how I love to work. And, you know, we just got to make sure that everyone gets to, gets to feel that way. Because that's, that's what we all love doing, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things we all love doing, uh, Harvard, you might know, uh, it's that, you know, university, and, well, apparently, uh, not using, uh, using a wrong, using wrong pronouns constitutes abuse. Uh, welcome to Harvard, fat phobia, uh, cisterio, sexism, perpetuate violence, using the wrong pronouns constitutes abuse, and any words used to lower a person's self-worth are verbal abuse. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. What in the what in the Sam fuck is this? Jesus, holy moly. What is that? What the fuck is this? The power and control wheel. Around the edge of the power and control wheel, you'll notice attitudes, beliefs, and systems like racism, sexism, misogyny, ableism, transphobia, and xenophobia. <laughs> oh, don't forget classism, white supremacy, systematic oppression. Uh, cis heterosexism, ageism, ableism, sizeism, and fat phobia, xenophobia, sexism, misogyny, uh, patriarchy, anti queer, anti trans. Hmm. Let's see. Um. I really just am. I am just utterly just. Ugh. I don't even want to play any of these things. I don't want to learn anything about this. This is horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Do you see why I don't want to go to university? Please support the show. Support me and save me from institutes like this. Supporting the show by subscribing, sharing with your friends, following on Twitter and True Social, helping the show grow a lot helps with making sure I don't ever, ever fall into predations of this. I mean, seriously, this is, you know, my passion. I love this, but this is just horrendous. Why would anybody want to do this? Why? What inspired you to be a piece of shit today? I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out someday. Maybe we will find out some, someday. Well, I like torture, and you like torture. And so I thought we would finish up today's show with torture for the both of us. With, of course, some very good libs of TikTok content. Of course coming from the greatest area of all TikTok, of course. Of course, I have three of them today, and I thought we would just... I haven't played all of the clips through full, because I want to give my full, genuine reaction to all of them. I don't want to sugarcoat it. We're going to be as fully honest as possible. And so I this first one is two minutes. Uh, she claims that she is fat and can't lose weight because of white people. I'm going to prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. If white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, 
then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid things like that and that destroyed the fertility of my country is she gonna say that all of like the work and stuff that they did from via the, for the east india company destroyed the fertility which made her get like fat genes is that is that what she's gonna claim and then if that didn't happen and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat we wouldn't move to this grain heavy very little nutritious diet that we have today that's not something you complain on yourself you, you you do realize you have a lot of options i'm gonna guess you live in california sweetheart there's a lot of places in there that i've heard about before you're, you can get some good food you know there's some great places out there there's some stuff online you know like uh where you can get meals that are good for you you don't have to just keep going to mcdonald's and all the time sweetheart i i'm a bit lost here also, if white people didn't come to the Indian subcontinent, then my ancestors would not go through 50 small, medium, large famines in a period of 200 years. Um, no. They, they, if, if white people are the cause of all problems, then I don't know how many white people were involved in the freaking like tsunamis over in japan and the earthquakes over in china bro the white people are crazy that's a lot and in 1943 nearly three million people would not have died due to starvation and malnutrition and if that didn't happen then this entire place um, and the people of this place would not adapt to survive on lower calories. Then you should be skinnier then, huh? Bitch, I'm confused. Uh, uh, um, the words coming out of your mouth just sound like projections of racism. I, I, I'm sorry? We also wouldn't biologically be programmed to hold on to more fat because my genes they always think okay you're gonna die at some point there's gonna be well shit me out of luck you're telling me people are mortal well fuck i'm gonna go do all of the lines of cocaine i can find then if that's what that means only the indians have the death genes i guess every other race just lives forever asian people you know, actually, I take that back. Asian people practically do live forever. Some of them do. Bro, you find, like, the wildest shit over in Asia. I guess the the Indians only were the ones. You know, Africans, they, they live forever. Europeans, white people, bro, we, we, we just are living forever. A famine, you will not have food, and you're gonna die. Mmm, mmm. Uh-huh. That sounds like a bit of objecting. As well as, okay, then maybe try to improve the, this, this sounds like you are just doubting the amount of just, like, you're, you're doubting your own people to improve. 
just because one race came in, and now your people don't have enough to eat, they didn't find ways to improve, get more to eat and stuff? Is that what you're trying to say? Are you trying to say that your people are so incompetent and so terrible at actually doing what they need to do to live that they physically could not get enough food to actually eat? Really? Really? Man, that's crazy, but... I, I don't know if you remember, but the last time I checked, there's well over, like, you know, billion Indian people on the planet in, in India right now. You know? That's crazy. I would also not be prone to diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, um, heart disease. No, I'm pretty sure that's just your fucking diet. And all that other thing. So yeah, white people is the reason why I can't lose weight. No, it's called your own lack of self-motivation to get up and do some fucking exercise because you've grown into a life of gluttony because you live here in America where life has been so great that now we have to crumble ourselves back down. Whoosh. <sighs> oh boy, what's, what's, what's this one? Well, I don't even remember. It's been... Only like 30 minutes since I did this, and yet I already feel like I have brain fog from the amount of just cancer spewing out of this. Okay, so this 8-year-old transitioned to a girl because his parents claimed since early childhood the kid liked girl things. Oh boy. I'm not like other boys. I'm a girl. Edie has always been more attracted to stereotypical girl toys or girl things. Is this what you've chosen to wear today, Eduardo? Yeah, I'm a queen. When did you learn what transgender was? The media told me. She said that I was transgender and I asked her what that means and she said that means you're half boy and half girl. I think I'm mostly a girl. Most of the negativity has come from online. It was probably a few months ago that she decided to change her name. Hi, I'm Edie. This is all my dresses, and I wear this for my party, which is my favorite. I don't know what next year is going to be like, you know? I don't know if one... Someone called Child Protective Services. I think I'm, I think I'm deliberately seeing a huge case of child abuse. Social media is fucking terrible, by the way. Don't... If you are young parents... Don't expose your fucking kids for likes and shit like this. This is disgusting and absolutely deplorable. This shit's disgusting, dude. Yeah, our kid when he was young liked girl things. Maybe because it's a kid who's trying to figure out what the world is like. I don't know if you know this, but... No one comes out of the womb like Albert fucking Einstein and just knows everything, jackasses. What is this? What am, what, what am I witnessing? I'm witnessing a child who I'm pretty sure at this point is just like it's just what is going on in this video it's only a minute long it's uh, 49 seconds and I just I don't even know if I want to hit you know normally I would I would keep going but I just I'm in pain I don't even know what to say on therapy where we're gonna go but now you've shown yourself that no matter who you are, your parents are going to love you. No, it's called you guys push this on your kid, and this is what you get. Disturbing.
disturbing. That is all I see. What is this last one? I already have so much brain fog. I don't even know if I can take any more of this. Okay. Okay. Alright. Alright. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. The world will be fine. You have you you have everything else after this. It's gonna be fine. You love doing this show. You you like doing this. God, I sound like I'm trying to convince myself not to physically want to jump off a cliff. Okay. We can do this. Thank you so much for asking about my pronouns. Everyone misgenders me on my comments and it means so much that you asked and you're trying to be respectful, so I love you for that. So I use the pronoun Zezer. Um, I chose these pronouns because in my head, they, them, as a non-binary person, means like like no gender, but Zezer for me feels like it's um, like sliding. Like Z and Zer, very similar to he and him and she and her, and I just preferred that um, no um so obviously z can be used um in replace of she him and they and then zer is used in replace of um the other ones this is my current brain right now <laughs> as well as this <laughs> And it's your fault. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's how I, how I, how I feel. Well, anyway, if you enjoyed today's show, and please do so down below by supporting, leaving a like, reviewing if you can, subscribing to the program, turning those notifications on, and following over on Twitter and True Social for updates on everything going on with this show. And I will catch you guys tomorrow for the Friday edition of the show will be episode 96 we are getting close to episode 100 coming to you on the 21st of september seriously cannot wait i'll have a fantastic episode planned for you that day so i really really cannot wait for you guys to hear it anyway i will catch you all next time for the friday edition to lead us in to our hopefully Better than all those TikTokers' mental states weekends. I'll see you all tomorrow.